the Blaze Radio Network. On demand. Prepare yourself to ingest current events, pop culture, and politics with a side of Latin flair. Vaches. I don't have to show you any stinking vaches. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. We'll continue to pick apart the GOP's offering for alleged repeal of Obamacare coming up. After we have a conversation with Melissa Francis, you know, she grew up in front of our eyes as a, a as a child star on Little House on the Prairie. It took me a while to connect the dots on that one. Now, since then, she's gone on to be an author, best-selling memoir, Diary of a Stage Mother's Daughter. She's hosted financial shows on CNBC. She currently hosts two daily business shows on Fox Business Network. She's the author of the brand new book, Lessons from the Prairie, The Surprising Secrets to Happiness, Success, and Sometimes Just Survival I Learned on America's Favorite Show. Melissa Francis, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. Thank you so much for having me on. I am so thrilled to be here. You are just huge in Texas. Well, well, <laughs> thank you for the compliment. I, I, I am. We're, we're we're very happy to have you. I was hoping to talk a little shop before we got into the book. So, sure. uh, the unsung story of this nascent Trump administration has been what? Uh, well, actually, on your former your former bosses over at CNBC labeled a rip roaring economy, and it's basically been a change in attitude. Uh, I'm talking about the jobs market, the stock market, and, of course, those those pesky regulations. Are you seeing this? Oh, absolutely. I mean, and, and it is, it's not just shop. A lot of this is in the book. The idea that, you know, we got to get out of the way of small business owners. Government has to get out of the way of all of this. I mean, they just, the federal government, I feel like they kind of muck up almost everything they get involved in. I mean, they're just, you got to, they're great at national security. You know, you've got to, obviously, you have to have, a police force, the FBI, those sort of things, national security. But beyond that, they're just horrible when they get involved with anything economic. And I think that President Trump understands that and that he's trying to dial back the regulation and dial back all the hindrance to what made America great in the first place. I mean, independent small business owners they're the ones that really got this country going. He understands that. And I think the stock market even understands that Trump gets that, even though so many people, um, you know, liberal CEOs like to pretend like they're Democrats, I guess, is, is one of the things I would say that that he's out there um, <laughs> letting people do their own thing. And that's why we've seen the stock market take off. And that's why we've seen the economy take off. Well, speaking of government mucking things up, uh, remember how Obamacare was sold to us as, as costing oh. the Americans uh, $900 billion, our taxpayers? I mean, that that's just laughable these days after we see the price tag for this for this onerous and oppressive law. Uh, and isn't this the, isn't that, uh, I don't know, a, a lesson we can all glean when government says, you know, we're here to help or it's only going to cost this much. Never believe them. Run for the hills. And in fact, I write about this in the book, Lessons from the Prairie, when I worked over at CNBC back in 2008 when they were out selling Obamacare. Um, I have a degree in economics from Harvard, but you don't need that. You just need first grade math to know that if you add more people to the healthcare roles and you're giving away stuff for free and you're giving it away free to people who can't afford it and you're not charging for pre-existing conditions that when president Obama said in the New York times that each family's cost was going to go down by $1,250 a year. I was like, wait a second, what? I mean, that must be new math 
because that <laughs> math does not add up. There's no way yeah. you're going to add unless the doctors are going to work for free or hospitals are going to work for free or or something or the insurance companies are going to give it away for free. There was no way everyone's cost was going to go down. And maybe as a nation, we wanted to get together and say, hey, we want to cover these millions of people that don't have insurance because maybe they're walking in the hospitals and they're using it anyway. And that, you know, and, and that cost is being laid off onto the taxpayer. I don't know. You know, maybe we want to talk about but we have to at least be honest about the math. And they weren't. And I was dragged into the office at CNBC and told that I was disrespecting the office of the president by questioning the math. Wow. And I was like, wait a second, this is an opinion. I'm not, I'm not doing opinion here. I'm doing math. I'm being an honest journalist. And they were like, no, you're disrespecting the office of the president. And it was amazing. I think President Trump has revealed how left-leaning most of the media is. And it's funny, you know, my dad watches Fox News Channel. He watches me on Fox Business. He used to watch me on CNBC, and then he would switch over to Fox when I got off the air, which kind of irked me. But he <laughs> says that these days that Fox is the only place given the president a fair shake because half the people on the air don't like him and half the people do like him. So it's finally fair and balanced as opposed to every other channel you turn on where they're just bashing him the whole entire time. Yeah. You know what? I, I was in news when Obamacare was being debated and the news station I worked at, you, you couldn't get them to do any examination of how it would impact every man, woman, and child. Because, because again, they, they just relied on all the, the fawning from the national press. It really frustrated me. Melissa Francis, everybody, uh, she is over there at Fox Business. She has two shows. She works very hard over there, and she's written a new book, Lessons from the Prairie, the Surprising secrets to happiness, success, and sometimes just survival I learned on America's favorite show. So let's talk about uh, about the book. Again, it, it, I was just telling the folks earlier before you came on, it, it took me a while to connect the dots that you were a childhood yeah. star. Uh, what, what are some of the lessons you learned working alongside uh, Michael Landon and, and that cast and that crew that you could bring to, to, to everyday life? Well, thank you for asking. I mean, one thing in the book, I will make you laugh the whole way through, I promise. I talk about faith in there, and there are some places where that's where I get serious, and I even bring myself to a little bit of tears when I'm doing the audio version. But the rest of the time, I promise I'm going to make you laugh. You know, I, I am getting ready to go on a show here at Fox News Channel Outnumbered. And one day I was leaving the studio and another day I was doing it. And it's one of those glass studios. People come by and they tap on the glass to say hello to us like we're goldfish. And when we come outside, <laughs> they want to take pictures with us. And this one lady said, can you sign my book? And I said, sure, but you're going to be so disappointed when you see my name. The people coming behind me are a lot more famous. And she said, no, I know you. You're the little house of the prayer. One. And wow. I thought to myself, I've been trying to get away from this my whole life and recreate myself as this serious journalist. But, you know, really, there are so many things that I cling to today that I actually learned on that set. I did my first commercial when I was six months old, and I was on, you know, more than 100 commercials, so many movies, so many TV shows. But this one was really special. People don't realize Michael Landon was one of the first true pioneer entrepreneurs in Hollywood. He was a small business owner. I mean, he figured out to make a mint in Hollywood, you had to be the boss. He owned the show. He created it. He wrote it. He produced it. He directed it. He was the first one there in the morning, the last one to leave at night. He rolled up his sleeves with everybody else. He was cheap as hell. He had a small dressing room, and that showed us if it was good enough for him, it was good enough for us, too. We worked so hard, and we had a pride in what we did. People loved the show. It was wholesome. We felt good about that. I mean, so much of that is lost in America, and to find it in Hollywood during this formative period of my life, I mean, it taught me about resilience 
It taught me about hard work. It taught me about pride in an honest day's work and that feeling of empowerment when someone outside the family gives you a paycheck for a job well done. I learned at eight years old. It's something, it's all in this book. I wrote it for my children. It's a handbook, a survival guide. Years later, I was fired from my first job on the air. I was as a news caster. I had gone off to college. I had started over from scratch. I had worked for minimum wage a bunch of times after Little House. After having had a big paycheck, I went all the way back to the beginning to start over. I finally got back on the air. I got fired from my first job. It was the best thing that ever happened to me. It retaught me that lesson about resilience, about turning disaster into golden opportunity. I detail in the book exactly how to do that in your everyday life because I learned it the hard way. And I want people to read the book, laugh at my experience, cry with me, but then take away exactly how to put yourself back in a better place than where you were knocked down from. Yep. It's really important, no matter where you're coming from in life. It happens to all of us, doesn't it? I, I, I could talk to you for an hour, seriously. Melissa Francis, everybody. Lessons from the Prairie, the surprising secrets to happiness, success, and sometimes just survival I learned on America's favorite show. Hope to get you back, Melissa, here on the program. Can I we come really back, please? I want to come back soon. You promise? I promise. You'll, we'll get you back on because right. there's, there's plenty in the economy we've got to talk about, and we'll talk again. Uh, Thank, thanks for being here on the Salcedo Show. You betcha. 888 uh, When we get back, we'll wrap up our discussion today about uh, this so-called health repeal and replace Obamacare bill from the Senate Republicans. And another Democrat has come out calling for violence. Another liberal Democrat wishing Steve Scalise had been killed. Back in a minute, the Chris Salcedo Show, here on The Blaze. This is the Chris Salcedo Show. Only on The Blaze Radio Network. Individuals and businesses with tax problems, listen carefully. If you owe over $10,000 in back taxes or have unfiled tax returns, we can help you take back control. The IRS is the largest and most aggressive collection agency in the world, and they can seize your bank account, garnish your paycheck, close your business, and file criminal charges. Take control of your tax problems now by calling the experts at Tax Mediation Services at 800-600-8192. That's 800-600-8192. 800-600-8192. Chris Salcedo is on the Blaze Radio Network. I hope we can get Melissa back on very soon. She was very fun. Uh, enjoyed our conversation. Uh, the question to uh, from Neil Cavuto to Rand Paul was, shouldn't the Republicans get back to this idea that it's not the federal government's job to provide folks with health care? That's my position. And the other thing is, is the main problem, the uh, fatal flaw of Obamacare The death spiral is created by telling people you can buy insurance after you're sick and then by adding regulations to insurance to make it too expensive that young, healthy people don't want to buy it. So if you make it expensive and then tell people, hey, if it's too expensive, just wait to buy it until you're sick, that's the death spiral of Obamacare. The Republican plan doesn't fix that. It subsidizes the death spiral of Obamacare. It dumps a bunch of federal money, taxpayer money or borrowed money into the insurance industry and says, hey, please lower the prices if we give you money. That is not capitalism. That's not what made this a country great. And it really is not consistent with any notion of a limited government, conservative Republican position. No kidding. It's socialism. 
or socialism light. And it seems in the interest of getting on to what the, the Republicans know, which is tax reform, they're willing to sacrifice Obamacare and come back to it and fix it later. Just get it onto oxygen right now and let it meander on until they can get the economy going again with tax reform. I understand. I understand the politics of it. I just don't. I just. Reality ends up always getting in the way, doesn't it? Finest laid plans. Let's get up to uh, Greenville, Michigan. Didn't know there was such a place. Uh, and Tom is hanging on. Hey, Tom, welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. Well, you have known there's an idea because we've talked before, but we'll just leave that one alone. Well, hey. you might have you just said at the time, Michigan. Uh, I might have. I might have. What's going on, man? Man, I am tech off. I've been, I'm done being played fools by these guys, okay? These guys, Republicans, were complacent when this, uh, when this whole monstrosity of a train wreck got uh, voted for when the uh, Democrats had the House and the Senate, okay, and the presidency. They rammed it through, and the, the, the Republicans were completely complacent. What they did is they just bowed down. We can't do anything. Okay, Wait, we just Russell, can't do anything. Russell, well, mem- mem- remember, mem- remember the, they could do something because yeah. the Democrats are doing that now with all their filibusters and rule bending and all that other garbage. I know, I know, but hold on. But, but, but Tom, listen, um, I had a conversation with Congressman Michael Burgess back in 2010. And he and I were going back and forth. I go, why don't the Republicans have an alternative to Obamacare that we can look at? Is it entirely possible the same folks who bribed the Democrats to sell us out, the traitorous insurance companies and all these moneyed health care interests, that they were also paying off the GOP at the time? You're to darn remain- tootin'. You are Don Putin, and that's exactly what I'm trying to tell you, Chris, is that these guys were complacent because guess who who got to see the bill first this time? K Street. McConnell, turtleneck McConnell, took his his bill over (laughs) K Street first. They got to see it before even any of the congressmen. See it? No, 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 no. They, They wrote, Tom, they wrote it. They wrote it. That's right. K Street. Thanks, K Street. Listen, I am so ticked off. These guys whined. It was McConnell. <laughs> Can we just get the, the Senate and we'll, 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 we'll repeal? Well, we give them the Senate. Okay? We, it's not enough. We need the House, too. We'll give them the House. Okay? <laughs> well, we should have the presidency, don't you think? Oh, well, okay, here's the presidency. Do you know, well, Obama was in office. They repealed that bill. It, it was a straight-up repeal. There was no replace. There ain't no need to replace it. It was just fine beforehand. Okay? So they wrecked it. They trashed it. They did everything they could to take tax dollars away from us. And now what they do is they give us this monstrosity of a Obama life. Okay, that's all it is, brother. That's all it is. Well, to, and to I'm hear telling you, these guys are going down. There's only five people that are going to vote against that. Those will be the five that are left behind. I'm telling well, you, McConnell. Thanks, Kentucky. Appreciate them. Well, you know, I got I got to tell you, Tom, that uh, the, the, the Rand Paul is saying this isn't Obamacare light. This is Obamacare plus. The Republicans are actually spending more money in the next couple of years than Obamacare would. I, that's what I'm telling you. These guys wanted this. Okay? They had every every senator, they had the house, they had everyone. 
They had everything they needed to just repeal it. Who no. needs to replace garbage? We don't have to take garbage to replace because they have no business in the marketplace. No. This is, you know, this is not Venezuela. This ain't, this ain't Cuba, okay? This is not, not, yet. This is not where we're at. Not yet. No, nope, not yet. <laughs> not yet. You know, Tom, but I'm going to play. Chris? Yeah, go ahead. Take my call and let me voice my opinion. No, you no, are, no. What? Uh, I'm gonna, I'm gonna play something in your honor. Have a listen. I want you to get up now. I want all of you to get up out of your chairs. I want you to get up right now and go to the window, open it, and stick your head out and yell, "I'm as mad as hell, and I'm not going to take this anymore." Thank you, Tom. Appreciate the call. <laughs> all right. Have a great weekend. Uh, 888-933-93, Our uh, liberal, tolerant friends, across, uh, peaceful, liberal, tolerant friends across the aisle have uh, weighed in once again on the barbaric, abhorrent attempted assassination of Republicans on that ball field last week. This Democrat official in the state of Nebraska Who's writing this up? Oh, man alive. I, Trey, I believe it's Trey, but I always, he, he has a hyphenated last name. And I, over here at the blaze, Ellie, can, can you make a quick call? Just so I, just so I can give him, I, I have been meaning every single time I try to ask.com how to pronounce his name correctly. I, I just don't want to, I don't want to do it injustice. I just don't want to. Could you just like call and ask? Just and I'll read. I'll read the article, and then I'll be able to give him due credit when I'm done here before the break. One uh, one Nebraska Democrat party official lost his post after an audio recording revealed him saying he is quote glad House Majority Whip Steve Scalise, a Republican from Louisiana, was shot last week during the Republicans' congressional baseball practice in Alexandria, Virginia. Quote: His whole job is to get people. Convince Republicans to expletive kick people off expletive health care. Phil Montag, who was a technology chairman for the Democrat Party. He can be heard saying, I'm glad he got shot. As all of you know, Scalise was severely wounded in the shooting carried out by 66-year-old James Hodgkinson, who was a volunteer on Vermont Senator Socialist Senator Bernie Sanders, 2016 presidential campaign. The GOP lawmaker was shot in the hip and has not been released from the hospital where he's undergone several surgeries. Quote, I wish he was expletive dead. Said this Democrat Party official. In Nebraska. Yeah, ladies and gentlemen, uh, there are more reasons than one why I oppose this political party. There are more reasons than one than one that I I never believe this whole oh we're so peaceful and we're so get along and oh we just want peace and love yeah yeah right as you're calling for the death of your political opposition you're no better than Castro no better than Castro Mr. Montag you and your whole dang party Triple Eight 933-93-888-900-3393. Ellie, no, no pronunciation? We still don't have one? No? Is that yes, no? Maybe so? No? Dang it. Trey? 
I, I, I will, I, I, everything in my being says, oh, just go ahead and give it a try. But I don't want to say it wrong. I'll tell you what, when we talk to Mary Ramirez in the other side of the break, I'll try to get this pronouncer correct and all will be right with the world and we can go to the weekend and have ourselves a brewski or two and we'll all to- toast it to Trey. You're listening to The Chris Salcedo Show. Part of Generation Blaze on the Blaze Radio Network. Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network. I look good. I mean, really good. Hey, everyone! Come and see how good I look! It's Chris Salcedo Show. Welcome back, everybody. I st- I am working like the Dickens trying to get a pronoun. I am I am going to figure out how to pronounce this man's name, but it kills me. And praise God, it's not a woman. <laughs> I don't. I don't. I think Tra- Trey's a guy's name. That's a guy's name. I am ninety nine point nine percent sure. And, and you know what? I've read Trey's stuff a lot and never wanted uh, and never was able to properly. And I'm a stickler for this. Aren't, isn't that right, Mary Ramirez? Isn't that? <laughs> oh, beautiful. <laughs> it, it, you, you, you've confirmed that. Uh, is that in my ear? Or are you talking on the air? You're talking. Okay, we'll talk on the air so, so it can be your reputation and not mine. Oh, what is okay. it? Go Trey Goins? It is Trey Goins. So it's not French. That's what has like, been said around the blaze. So it's not Tregon Phillips, right? I mean, it could be, but... Oh, okay. If so, you so want to talk know, French... Are you, just, are you just speculating right now? No, I've asked maybe four or five people. Who, Jeffy? No. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Don't tell him I said that. <laughs> I've asked four or five people. Who, Jeffy? <laughs> All right, uh... Well, I guess if you guys have, if you guys want to guess, triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three. Uh, well, Mary, what do you think? Are you, you think that? Well, you want to take a stab at it? Oh gosh, what I speak you? Spanish, not French. Well, I, I mean, know. I think I think Goins is probably as close as I would come. Do you think um, you think I, Goins Phillips would be it? In English. <laughs> well, I know that. I mean, in English, my last name is Salcido. Well, or, right. In Spanish, my, my last hmm. name is Ramirez, not Ramirez. So I don't know. Right, I right. Mean, <laughs> or Ramirez, you know. <laughs> Ramirez or Ramirez. I've gotten yeah. that too. Mm-hmm. I don't know how, but yeah. Okay. So. Well, all right. Let's. <laughs> if if you let's nice little Friday game, uh, Trey. I'm trying to give you props, man. By the way, this post on the Blaze is burning up the Blaze right now. It's only four hours old, and it already has over a hundred comments on it. Nebraska Democrat Party official says he's glad Scalise was shot, wishes the Republican was dead. That's Democrat tolerance for you, ladies and gentlemen, on full display. And Trey, come hell or high water, man, I am going to learn your last name. Mary Ramirez, (laughs) uh, uh, glad you've made it to the program. Ramirez, as they as they say in Ramirez. the uh, yeah in the um, <laughs> vernacular. Uh, so what are you what are you writing about this week? Well, before I talk about that, Chris, I got I got to talk about something I teased real quick. I, I teased on Twitter that I unfollowed you yesterday, um, and I did. 
twice because I'm an idiot and I clicked the button twice. <laughs> so I truly didn't unfollow well, you. I, I wasn't really, really gonna, promise, promise. I wasn't going to call you out on the air about that. Yeah, but I think it's funny well, because I did it not once but twice. <laughs> well, I don't. I don't think it's funny. I, hey, folks, once once you follow me on Twitter at Chris Salcedo TX, lock it in. It stays right there. Don't be merry. Don't. <laughs> Don't be. No. See, now that I've given you carte blanche. Yeah, now now, yeah you've opened well, up yeah. Pandora's box. Now I'm going to let you have it, lady. <laughs> don't be merry. I want you to be joyous, as in be merry that way. But don't be Mary Ramirez. Ramirez. Don't, don't be Mary Ramirez and, uh, and unfollow me twice. Just don't do that. It's hey, a- Chris, if you want to get it really right, it's Maria. Okay? Oh, I'm just well, saying. Okay. This is really getting <laughs> awkward. Okay. So what, what, did all you, all right. what did you write about this week? Cool. So a um, couple of days ago, we uh-huh. had a verdict come down in the uh, shooting death case of Philando Castile. Um, you and I have talked about this, uh, this, this officer-involved shooting that happened here in my state a year ago in July. And mm-hmm. uh, the verdict came down a couple of days ago of not guilty. He was acquitted of the manslaughter charge. And, of course, we had a lot of, a lot of uh, raucous protests um, calling for violence, many of them. We had congressmen even weigh in and talk about how this case really set a standard, um, you know, that, that African-Americans can be murdered with impunity by police officers, not only in Minnesota, but in the country. Mm. And so you've got this whole narrative going around, and, and I've actually had people come up to me and ask, you know, I, I really need to understand, you know, do I, do I as, a, as a black person in the country, in this country today, do I need to be afraid of, um, or, or, of, of, of the police and for my life? Because the narrative is, and it all started with this man's girlfriend's live Facebook stream following the shooting, the narrative is the guy was just going for his wallet and this officer lost his, his mind and shot him seven times for no reason. Um, so, you know, well, I'm, I'm asking minute. people. With- you don't go for your wallet when when you're on a hot stop. You don't go for your wallet. Oh, unless, no. unless you telegraph to the officer, officer, I'm going to get my wallet right now, okay? But even then, here's yeah. the thing. He, okay, he told the officer, officer, I have to tell you I do have a gun. He did. He was a, law, he was a, a legally licensed concealed carry permit holder. Yeah. And he did have a gun on him. And the officer in the video, the dash cam video that was just released, that we were not privy to until just now. So this whole year of, of talking about it, we were not privy to it. Dash cam video shows him informing the officer. The officer responds calmly, okay, don't reach for it. And the guy continues to reach for it. And he continues to reach for his pocket over and over and over again. And the mm-hmm. officer says, don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. Don't do it. And this is warning time and time again until finally the officer's got his hand on his holster as he screams Mm -hmm. at him one last time, take your hand off of the pocket. And the assumption is, here's the thing, if you're willing to defy an order like that, especially when there's a gun involved, it doesn't matter if you, if officer, I'm just reaching for my wallet. It doesn't matter. The officer said, take your hand off your pocket. We'll talk about this later. Take your hand off your pocket. You know, and it wasn't one warning, it was multiple warnings. And that's when he had to make the assumption that, that Castile intended to I, use the weapon. Some, some folks uh, who are of the left-wing <laughs> persuasion have been on me because I haven't been on this case and mm-hmm. talking about it for two hours every single day for ever, ever since the incident happened. Mm-hmm. And, and when, when this came out and the, the officer was acquitted, mm-hmm. um, you, you had called it, there was going to be, you know, protests and people crying foul and all this kind of stuff what didn't get any attention which i was so happy to throw back into the face of these <laughs> individuals was that there were two black jurors on this yep. on this jury and these yep. black jurors said we saw the evidence 
and we didn't want to convict. And you know, th- these people who are so entrenched into, into their belief that because of their skin color that they are victimized, you know what this one, this one black guy who was having a conversation with me said? Who knows what, uh, what pressures they were under and they could, have oh, been in, they, they could have been intimidated and maybe they had an agenda. Okay. So I said, well, what, and I said to him, wait a minute, let me get this straight. It couldn't be that the black men, that the two black men on the jury saw the evidence, had the brains and the integrity to say, no, this guy doesn't deserve to be indicted, and came to that conclusion. You now, as an agendized person, have to besmirch <laughs> their character, is what... And their, it, it was their crazy. intelligence. Yeah, exactly. Well, the, the thing is, though, this case, Chris, was so stacked against the officer. I'm shocked, quite frankly, that it came down the way that it did, even though the evidence was there to suggest that he didn't act... Uh, unlawfully. This case was so stacked against this officer. They asked for it not to be held in the same county as the incident took place because of all the outcry, because of all the craziness. And they said, no, we're holding it here anyway. So his chances of a f- of a fair trial were affected from the very beginning. And for anybody to sit there and say that these people, oh, well, they were just intimidated into making this decision, not only, as you said, insults their intelligence, but for crying out loud, you're picking people from the community Okay, I mean, it's that's that's ridiculous. It and again, ridiculous. we're thinking with this mob mentality group think where no one has no one has the intelligence to think for themselves and look the facts of the case. And that's the point of this article. We have to look at the tough truths of this case. Philando Castile made a choice. Okay, he was pulled over for a broken taillight. It would have ended there if you watched the video. The officer very calmly goes up to the car. He had zero intentions of shooting this guy. And in fact, by the way, if you watch this video, the toughest almost tougher than watching the shooting itself is watching the officer after the shooting he's shaking and sobbing and screaming oh my gosh oh my gosh oh my gosh get this baby girl out of here this is not the voice of a man who wanted to shoot a a, a black man in cold blood you see other officers running up to help castile and revive him again this is not something you see in a country that that celebrates and authorizes the murder of african-americans at the hands of police you know, for, for, for no reason. Yeah. This is ridiculous. Yeah. And we have we have to look at these truths because if we're going to live in, in a civil society that is upheld by laws that we've all agreed uh, to live under, we can't we can't react in the court of public opinion. We can't judge based on emotion. We have to judge based on well, what happened. OK, if he had stopped reaching for his pocket, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. Yeah. He would have gone home. OK, See, but, but what, I, what worries me, what worries me was the mentality of these people. Who were, oh, who, were, who, were uh, who were willing in the in the interest of their political agenda to brand all cops to say that there is a rampant problem of racism in the United States and in particular among police they, you know, they were willing to, to to besmirch the intelligence and the integrity mm-hmm. and uh, of of other blacks this guy was a black guy besmirching other blacks because they didn't stay on this this left-wing plantation. It's interesting that if you put on a uniform or if you take a different position, for example, these two black jurors took the position of, gosh, the evidence is not there to convict this officer. Yeah. If you you suddenly cease to be African-American, it's like this officer, for example. This officer is a son of, of, of uh, Mexican immigrants. The guy's Mexican, okay? Mm-hmm. But he ceases to be a minority because, of course, as we always talk well, about Well, we saw that before. in Trayvon Martin, right? And, uh, exactly and, and right, Zimmerman. right. This is the white hispanic right you know but it's <laughs> <laughs> they cease to be a minority that the left cares about once they put on a uniform or hold an opinion that the left doesn't I like i forgot about that the white hispanic hey look oh, uh, gosh. What, what's the name of the piece tough truths the case of philando castile and that's up on my blog and i will tweet it out following the segment mayor ramirez 
Ramirez, have a fantastic <laughs> have a fantastic <laughs> weekend. Thank you. You as well, Chris. All right, we'll talk again. All right, folks, we'll rent, oh, we'll end up the show with your phone calls coming up. Triple eight nine hundred thirty three ninety three eight 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 nine zero zero three three nine three. It's the Salcedo Show here on the Blaze. Conservative Talk Radio with Spice. The Chris Salcedo Show only on the Blaze Radio Network. You're taking in a little Latin flair with Chris Salcedo on the Blaze Radio Network. Trey Goins Phillips. That is his name. Trey Goins Phillips. Make sure you catch his offering on the Blaze. Uh, and this is Nebraska Democrat Party official says he's glad Scalise was shot. Wishes Republican was dead. And we got the proper pronouncer on his name. He's a good writer, too. <laughs> and he got a lot of pub on the Salcedo show today. And y'all, y'all are choosing to call with, what, four minutes left in the show? Good grief. <laughs> Let's go to Colorado first. Hey, John, thank you for waiting. Glad you made it. Welcome to the Chris Salcedo Show. Hey, thanks for, thanks for taking my call. I'll try to keep this short and sweet. Sure. I just wanted to bring to the attention of the audience um, plight of a missing um, Colorado police officer. Um, he's missing in Russia on a mountain that he was climbing. Yeah, he was mountain and, climbing, uh, right? I think I remember seeing this. Yeah, it is Officer Scott Bear. And what was it? I'm sorry, John, you're, you're breaking up just a little bit. What was his name? Oh, Officer Scott Bear with okay. an E. All right. And, um, and, uh, and their website is coloradopolicefoundation.org slash Search for Stephen S T E V E N. His his wife is pregnant. He has a twenty-one uh, year old son. Um, and, John is is yeah, the Russian yeah. in, in this time is is the Russian government cooperating with search and rescue efforts? What I've um, what I've heard is yes and no. Um, last I, last I heard, um, a bunch of folks were denied visas to uh, get over there. Mm-hmm. And, um, but we've got, we've got, um, a guy over there that knows mountains inside and out. Um, so, um, prayers, hey, do, uh, prayers, prayers are definitely needed. John, will you do me a favor and keep the show posted? Absolutely. Certainly. Thank you, brother. I appreciate the call. I really do. Uh, let's get out to Massachusetts. Scott, welcome to the Salcedo show, man. You got about a minute and 30, but that's all yours. Chris, what's up? It's been a few weeks. I don't know if you remember me. I hope you do. How are you? I do. Scott, very distinctive voice. What's going on, dude? Awesome. Cool. So I'm going to put a different spin on this. And forgive my ignorance. I do go through phases where I just, I come from work, have a beer, and shut the TV off. I don't want to hear about it. It's dizzying. I wish I was you. What state was it? I do want to, what state was it where that shooting just happened? Uh, Just to cite it? The shooting was Minnesota. Okay. I'm going to put a different spin on this. Here we go. The good police don't make the news, all right? A lot of people don't realize that. It's very easy to see, oh, my God, look at the one cop out of 800,000 who police our state 24-7. Isn't he awful? If they ever put the good police on the news, they have, would have no time for weather and sports, okay? So mm-hmm. people need to realize that. There's an old saying, if it bleeds, it leads. Now, what does that mean? That, well, that, that's a window into our culture. It's pretty sad, but true. We or love or if, it's, if it's a false accusation against the President of the United States, Donald Trump, then it leads. Same thing. Yep. Same thing. People mm-hmm. love bad news. Misery loves company. 
this is a little off politics, and I could talk politics with you all day. Like I said, give me a microphone. I'll get on there with you. I could <laughs> talk all day. I'm down to probably 48 seconds right now. But that's what people need to realize as I speak to the country right now. Yes, you are going to find, guess what? There's also a bad person at Dunkin' Donuts who just put too much sugar in the coffee. Am I comparing the two? No, but it's the same thing. It's called variance. When you have, I play poker. When you have that many, when you have this much volume going on, there's a lot of bad things that are going to happen, whether it's police. There's bad firemen out there. There's great firemen. There's bad pizza makers. There's bad XYZ. It's just volume. But the news loves to put the top of the hour, look at this police shooting. Of course it's awful. Of course yep. it is. Of course yep. it is. But to sit there and label police as bad is beyond naive. It's downright stupid. Well, you know what? I think that was exactly the epitaph we can make for the entire occupation of the Oval Office for Obama, because that's what he did his entire occupation, was Agreed. to try to label police officers as bad. Hey, Scott, great way to end Thank the you. show, man. Thank you. Bumper sticker moment right there. Thank you, sir. 888-933-93. Keep the number handy, because the phones are open all two hours, folks, when we get back started on Monday uh, at uh, 3 o'clock Eastern. In the meantime... Remember, a society's worth is not measured by how much power is seized by its government, but rather how much power is reserved for we the people. Have yourselves a great weekend. We'll see you back here on Monday on the Blaze Radio Network. This is the Chris Salcedo Show on the Blaze Radio Network.